Welcome to Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns podcast, brought to you by Maya Skyrika and Gia. We are very eclectic, and our podcasts are designed for listeners at any stage of their magical path. Please wisp over to our Facebook page or to our webpage for podcast extras. Our Facebook page is um, Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns, and the webpage is Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns.com. So what are, Hi, we, Maya. what are we talking about today? Well, we are going to go over the Witch's Pyramid, the Foundation of Magic. I think the first uh, layer is to know that's the foundation of the pyramid. Yes. Um, from, I believe it's the 1800s is as far as back as that goes. Um, At least that's known, of course. Right, right. Um, the other sides of the pyramid are to dare, to will, to keep silent, and in some traditions, to go. <clears throat> some of the things that are so important about the to know or the foundation of magic <clears throat> helps with how you apply your energies and your focus and your intent and everything from beginning to end. Um, it allows you to know your conscious and subconscious thoughts and your energies and how they all work with your arcane and mundane life. <clears throat> so I would say to know is like knowing yourself well enough that you're remembering who you are before <clears throat> everyone else's projections, expectations, social conditioning, and labels have been placed on you. That's a very important aspect. I know so many of us, you know, I, I really actually don't know very many people at all that have not had labels or expectations put on them and how that not only affects their magical capabilities, but even their everyday performance in, the, in what they want to achieve. Right. Wouldn't you agree that most people <clears throat> don't actually really know themselves? I would agree. I know I've, uh, I've struggled with that myself off and on for many years. I think I can honestly say that I thought I knew myself really, really well up until more recently when I started working with a therapist. Um, and I've even, you know, looked into shadow work and to know many times in my like magical history, but yes, once they start making you examine some things that relate to, you know, thoughts and behaviors and self-limiting patterns, it it's really surprising and eye-opening. It is, and, and you realize what those obstacles are. You you realize them. You realize how they've how they've kept you from being able to achieve and um, 
even not knowing how they've created extra fog in your mind and your everyday workings. Or sometimes not even knowing where they came from, but that they just are. Yes. Um, I don't know, like, <clears throat> for example, with me, um, this was prior to <clears throat> um, me working even in therapy is some of the self-limiting beliefs that I come across about myself, I knew about and I knew where they came from because it was conditioning that came from growing up in my household. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, when I wanted to be a police officer, my mom would say, you can't do a man's job. Um, when I would do something, one of my mom's favorite things to say was, you need that like you need a hole in your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had boyfriends tell me I'm unworthy because I'm not willing mm -hmm. to experiment. Yes. Um, been called drama queen and so many other things, so many other things, which I didn't realize until I started doing some of this to know stuff, how much it really limits um, me being comfortable within myself and expressing myself and all of the self-limiting thoughts that come from all of those things. Right. It puts up those barriers. Um, well, and we put up our own barriers. However, they are influenced by these people throughout our lives, um, those limitations. And I want to I want to call them limitation barriers, because that is that is something that we have to learn to break down. Um, we have to, like you said, we have to learn to know what they are, that they exist, and and how to tear them down. By knowing where they come from, right? Exactly. Right, and you know, some of these are tough, like a couple I had mentioned, for example, they don't just pertain to one scenario. Like even though my mom kept telling me I couldn't do a man's job when I wanted to be a police officer, think about yes. how many other self-limiting things that I have <clears throat> restricted myself from doing because they are considered a society in society a man's job we're talking more than just an officer exactly yeah. all the way through i mean right i know we've got a lot of that in common i mean i had that you know at one point a uh, job that i had had working around a lot of um a lot of personality types that were more a type and they put on a lot of barriers on a lot of especially women in the office and you know even even to the point of saying you know this is your job position you know if you want to keep your job you're going to do this you're you know you're not capable of going and doing these duties or making these decisions so on and so forth and you think about that how everyone from family to uh, instructors at school to coworkers, bosses, community leaders, it, even people we don't know very well in the news, um, political leaders. Every day we are bombarded with this. And so now, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We have to, we have to clear it. Well, so now we know how that works like in our mundane day-to-day -day life and how it impacts our ability to be our true self. 
but now it also plays into the subconscious energies in your magical life as well. Yes. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that that carries over and bleeds in. Oh, absolutely. Like, Great stuff out. Like if my mom was constantly in my head, even on a subconscious level, saying you need that like you need a hole in the head, think about how many spells like and how much magic that we do for ourselves that maybe some people would deem not necessary or someone else would deem um, something that you shouldn't or wouldn't need to be asking for. Exactly. Um, or even things that like, even you just splitting hairs on what your needs are and not even getting that far. Mm hmm. <clears throat> More examples, too. I mean, you know, thinking about how our self-esteem plays into a role based upon this conditioning. And if you don't, you know, if you've been told that you're not enough throughout your life, you're going to you're going to be worried when you go to do your your spell work. You're going to think, well, but what if I'm not enough? But what if I'm not capable of this? And you're going to put so much doubt into it that it's going to halt your ability to do what you would like to do with it. Right. Like, what if I didn't call enough things in or what if I didn't use the right tools or what if it doesn't work? Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point, too. And then even like, you know, bringing up, did I not bring in enough or did I not call in um, everybody I needed to really thinking about these things and, and learning to trust yourself, trust your intuition. You've got to break down those barriers. I mean, that I think that's been a huge struggle. I know for both of us um, when doing our spell work is breaking down those barriers and learning to just trust what we put out there, what we put forth is enough. <clears throat> And you know, this makes me think of like one of the best tools that I ever came into as far as knowing myself outside of therapy, of course. And I guess I'm going to have to say for, for the purpose of the podcast that, you know, we're not sponsored, you know, by this person or this company or these authors or anything like that. But one of the best tools that I'd ever used was a book called Full Contact Magic. I love that book. A Book of Shadows for the Wiccan Warrior. Um, i trying to see who the author is here. Care Kuhalin. Kuhalin. Um, I sat down and there was like, there was a long list. This was quite a while ago that I did this, but it had to be close to 30 or more questions to ask yourself. And it was so eye-opening for the first time in my life. I sat down and actually like made connections and correlations. It was, it was amazing. I mean, you recommended that book to me, and I went and I got a copy, and I, I love it. It is a very empowering and enlightening book. <clears throat> so one of the other things about. <clears throat> Um, 
the whole purpose of to know is to remember who you are before all of these projections and things um, so that you can secure yourself within your true identity and bring yourself back to being whole. Um, some of the things that I would say are good focuses and good practices with to know, or how I should say how it other methods of how to get to know yourself um, and things to be asking yourself would be like, what are my energetic attachments? Um, that's also getting to know like your circle and that's friends, family, uh, anybody in your, you know, circle of energy, uh, you want to enrich and have joy and positive energy attachments and let the ones go that are hindering or, um, you know, diminishing you. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but yeah, you are because you have to clear those. You really have to clear those energies, not only out of your space, out of your out of your energy field, out of but out of your mind and body. I mean, it's it, you taught me that as you know, it's 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 interesting how different energies attach to just about everything and being able to clear those out start with a fresh clean slate will help you to move forward in the best possible way i can honestly say in my experience the starting of the to know yourself i was around 25 years old and before I started this process, um, my energetic attachments were horrible. My, I still have troubles with like self-esteem and, and confidence and all of these things, but it was just horrid at that time. And lo and behold, I was attracting dates and partners and friends and people constantly that were so bad for me. Um, you know, people that were um, cheaters, that were um, uh, had troubles with uh, drugs and alcohol, people that would use me for money or that, you know, stole from me or just taken advantage of. Let's just leave it at that's a good, like, uh, core yes. energy, but... It wasn't until I started digging into myself and realizing how <clears throat> I was perpetuating that. And I'm not saying that this is anybody's fault. Like if anybody out there listening is experiencing these things, it is not your fault. It is exactly. it's traumas and other things that have happened in your life that have started the cycle and you get stuck in that muck that you get stuck in that energy, you get stuck in that cycle, you get stuck in those self-limiting beliefs and like attracts like, and I'm not saying that I had those characteristics of those people, but if you think about it in a standpoint where if, I can honestly say that most of the people I attracted were predators. Mm -hmm. Same. And 
if I was not valuing myself and I had no self-esteem and I had no self-confidence and I was doubting myself all the time and felt unworthy, predators, they pick up on that. Oh, they do. You're like, it's energies and it, it doesn't even take much. I mean, you could, you could walk by, you both could cross paths. And within that moment where the energies touch, even slightly, they're drawn to you because their energy is seeking that type of attachment and your energies have a lot of trauma in them. And it's not so much that you want to attract a predator. It's more so that because you've got a lot of these walls that have been broken down and you don't have your defenses up and you're not recognizing these things and securing your fortress, their predator energy feels your prey energy and they latch. So I guess the next thing, you know, that would be really good to talk about is, so we know that we can have bad energy attachments and that we should be hanging on to loving things and things that are supportive and that are not as much codependent, but that share a mutual love and understanding. But also, like, if you're not there yet, how will you get there? And that's kind of what the to know is about. I mean, there's another end of to know that we'll get to, but uh, not just knowing like your energy attachments and yourself and the things around you and the root causes of, you know, behaviors and triggers and things like that. But then there's also knowing your ego self, your shadow self, and so many other things as well. Like we all have a, a shadow self excuse me, Um, every one of us has a shadow self and that shadow self needs to be brought to light. You need to be okay with it. There has to be a balance. You Um, need to understand it, yes. I think that's definitely a core thing. I I will have to just say as an example, um, I've gotten to know my shadow self really well. And... I mean, if you, if you kind of picture it this way, you are sitting in a room and you're inviting your shadow self to sit with you and have a conversation. What are your needs? What are the other self's needs? Okay. Well, how can we compromise these things? How can we become one unit that's not playing tug of war with each other? or where oneself is being restricted too much. And since really working a lot on that over the years, I I have a huge appreciation for my my shadow self. I mean she, she she's a she's a handful at times. But um but I do appreciate her and you know if I let her out a little, you know, and we each 
we each let each other out a little. It's uh, it's actually quite quite fun, <laughs> you know, not doing damage to anyone or anything, but it's just being able to be the whole self. So let me ask you this, because I've done a little bit of shadow work and I could definitely use a lot more. What would you recommend for someone that's not too in tune with their shadow self if they're afraid? Like, what if I'm afraid my shadow self is that monster under the bed? Right. Um, Looking at it from a different light. Um, First of all, again, part of the know thyself before working on the shadow self, understanding your own ego, understanding, okay, where are there, you know, even making a list. Okay. So these are the things that I try to do to stay on a more positive path, a good path or whatever it is that you want to label it as. Right. But these are the things I'm drawn to that don't quite mesh with this path. And these are also the things that I tend to think that I, I might feel a little guilty or naughty if I think these things and write those down and, and divide it with a line. Um, have one side that kind of darker side and the other side the lighter side you think of like the yin and yang right then understand while rereading that list over are these things that are on the darker side things that i would actually go and do um i I, to give you an example okay sometimes my shadow self thinks you know, when someone crosses me the wrong way, she'll come in and she'll be like, kind of like the little devil on my shoulder and be like, you know, go over there and burn the asshole to the ground, right? And although I kind of giggle at the thought of it, it's not something I would actually do. Or sometimes my shadow self says, ooh, you should try to do this type of spell work, right? And it would be something that could potentially harm someone or something. It's not, again, something that my light side would want to do. And because I, my chosen path is to stay on a balance between the two while not hurting anyone or anything, that's my choice. I, I communicate with my shadow self, my light self does. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's actually kind of funny. (laughs) Could you imagine if that really happened? But let's not do that. How about we do a protection spell to keep a person like that from harming us and having a communication session with them? I mean, when I look at my shadow self, she's very dark and very ominous looking um, to the point of having changing color eyes to, you know, I, I am a spirit that walks between two realms. I walk between the earthly plane and I walk between the afterlife dark realm. And being that I walk that line, I see a lot of the different 
dark supernatural entities. And there's some scary stuff in there. There's some really ridiculously scary stuff. But it's remembering that just like going back to the trauma person who is prey and the predator and the energies, if you've built up enough of a wall around you and you've worked really hard on that, you could see that darker stuff and it wouldn't phase you as much over time. It is something that takes dedicated practice, though. Um, one other thing is sitting down and having those conversations between the two. It's almost like talking to, you know, a girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Who you just you just talk into the other version of yourself. But, you know, and you could even plan it out where, okay, you know what? We're going to have a tea time together and we're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes together sitting at this table. You sit over there, I'll sit over here and we're going to just chit chat. You know, what's on your mind today? Vice versa. Hey, what is upsetting you that I'm doing? And vice versa. Hashing it out with yourself. You know, I like that because it sounds to me like you can acknowledge it, but you don't necessarily have to act on it because I was thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to spend too much time in my shadow self because right. she's a nasty individual. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if I unleash my shadow self, I'm going to be running over people's heels in the grocery store and throat punching and kicking people and <laughs> I know. like, okay, so we can acknowledge it. And we, we can, can tantalize the idea of it. But you're saying, you know, you can have a relationship with your shadow self without actually acting out on things you're not comfortable with. Right. And you have to. And that's exactly it. And, you know, I. <laughs> I'm a very blunt person and definitely it's one of the things that I attribute to having that balance between my two selves. Well, between the shadow and light selves is the way I let the shadow self get away with doing some stuff is, you know, if, for example, if we're in checkout lane and the person in front and I've actually had this happen, but the person in front of me is giving the cashier a really ridiculously hard time. I'm like, you know, in my head, I can hear the shadow self and she's like, come on, just let me have it, you know, have at it. And I'm like, okay, but no physical harm, no energetic harm. <laughs> But you can you can put her in you could put the bitch in her place and I'll sometimes let her come out. And in that specific scenario, I basically told the lady, hey, you are literally holding up the whole line for one item and you're giving this poor cashier who makes fifteen dollars an hour a lot of negative stress. Why don't you take your stuff over to customer service and let the rest of us get wrong out? And by allowing my shadow self to speak out, um, it also kind of helps to keep that happy medium between the two selves. Now, I don't do it all the time, but you know, I, I've been known to occasionally honk my horn at someone who cuts me off or flip my middle finger at someone. Obviously, I mean, for me, I'm not going to do anything more than that, but. That's my way of letting her out and acknowledging, yeah, you know what? Maybe she did need to step out and put someone in their place. 
So um, maybe I just need to do some Taekwondo down the shopping aisles, and if somebody runs into my fist, it's their fault? <laughs> no! <laughs> I mean, unless you really choose to, but there's consequences to everything, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, the consequences, they're going to be on the ground. <laughs> I know. It's going to feel good until the police come. Yeah. <laughs> right? Until I can't shop anymore because I got kicked out. <clears throat> yeah. Right. I know. No, but it's just, you know, if someone's giving you a hard time, just, you know, think about what you want to say to them and put it in a way that is going to make you, it's going to give you your power back, but it's not going to, you know, harm them permanently. It's a more balanced, healthy approach. It is a balanced, healthy approach. And it is okay. It is, to me, it is okay for my shadow self to come out and be like, you know, that guy's being a total dick to you. Why don't you go just tell him to fuck off? And, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I do that. And I, I just took my power back. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't go up to him and just assault him physically, you know, verbally, maybe a little, but I mean, you just, you have to weigh each situation, right? But you have to acknowledge that that self that is standing up for you oftentimes is the shadow self. And you've got to give that self love and appreciation because it is that self that will have your back forever, Um and so that's why even even if your shadow self seems incredibly devious or like you're worried that they might be like the next, I don't know, dark lord of the world, you still got to give them their balance and what they need. Um, and same with the light self. So, I mean, if you do focus a lot in, in, in your shadow self more than your light self, it, you're not getting the full benefit and potential that you could. Right, because there's not enough balance. Right. There's right. There's a lot of um, illnesses and a lot of mental health issues and a lot of, um, there's a ton of things that come from being imbalanced. I'm so sorry I was cussing. I forgot if we had this as rated mature. <laughs> It's not. It's not. But it's fine. Um, we'll have to on this episode. It's right. explicit. Whoops. Yeah. It's Gia's fault. Gia. I know, right? It's my shadow self. What can I say? <laughs> I love that girl. <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot of time left. I think what would be good to to kind of segue into is the other side of the no on the magical parts, like um. Uh, it's also knowing your practice and knowing what you want from your practice, knowing how to get there. Um, yes. <clears throat> not everybody uses correspondences. Not everybody uses altars. Not everybody uses tools. Um, but knowing whether you want to use them or not and knowing how to um, strengthen those toolboxes, you know, uh, like, for example, magical correspondences. Well, <clears throat> there's all kinds of correspondences. I mean, 
for example, um, to know is the element of air. Mm -hmm. um, and the element of air has a whole bunch of correspondences in itself. Um, and then you also have the moon and planetary correspondences, and you have the, the herbal correspondences. You have crystal correspondences, you have tarot correspondence. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The more you know and the more you apply to your magic and set your mind with your intent with these tools, the more powerful the outcome. Not that you can't do it without them. Yes. And that's, oh, there's just so many awesome things at your disposal. <laughs> you know, right. really are. Um, and, yeah, I mean, thinking about this aspect, and I know, Christina, you know this about me. I am not conventional. I am not trained. Um, and so this is definitely something I love because I'm, I'm learning as we'll be going along as well. Um, mine are, I, I almost just pull things out of thin air. I've, or I just make things up as I go along, but, um, but you always put a correspondence to it though, so that it makes it, um, in line with what you're doing. I absolutely do. Even if you're assigning it its own correspondence, it doesn't have to come from a book. You could be like this right here. This mm -hmm. corresponds with this thought and this intent, and it's going to help me obtain this. So that puts us into understanding magic techniques and practices. Right. Oh, so, okay, well, this kind of ties into correspondences and knowing what you want to use in your toolbox and how to build things. Like, <clears throat> uh, not as familiar with all the high magic techniques. I mean, some of the hand poses and positions and things like that. But for the low magic techniques, I mean, you got knot magic, candle magic, herb magic, um, uh, crystal magic, I mean, ruins, yep, yep, tarot, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, course, I Ching, um, Reiki. Kabbalah, yes, I love Reiki, <laughs> yes, there's so many things, and the more that you add to your toolbox, and the more universal you are, um, with that toolbox, uh, things are going to align with you after a while that are going to be a better fit that you're going to use more often. Um, for example, um, candle magic doesn't even necessarily have to mean specific candle magic. It could even just mean using candles for the, the energy of drawing in the elements and such. But, um, you know, as people start working spells and stuff like that, it's more about than, you know, it's more than just about reading the words or having a cute little rhyme. Um, and like I said, um, you're more than welcome to use your imagination. And like you said, you don't even use like conventional items. You just use what works for you and assign it. 
That's yep. great because the more things that you, it would be like, <clears throat> I, I, I'm thinking like for some reason of cooking, I must be hungry or something. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you can make a basic meal or you can make a gourmet meal. Yes. Or you can make a seven course meal. I mean, whatever you'd like. But the more um, energy that you put into it, the more satisfaction and outcome there is. I, that's the only thing I can think of. For Do you have a better example? No, I think it's true. And, you know, and it's using it, um, understanding that everything is very versatile. Like, for example, candle magic. Although I don't I don't do much candle magic as much that. I'd even like to do because there's there's a lot more candle magic magic I'd like to explore. I do use my candles, um, the flames as energy sources and um, basically both as inlets and outlets. And so when you even think about it that way, you can be highly creative on using these different correspondences and tools. Um, I know, like with candles, it's it's that that the energies, the 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 heat, the symbolism of fire, um, for me that I really like to you you know put forth in some of my workings. So I, you know, like the more and more that you know what you'd like to use, what its purpose is, and how you'd like to use it the better yes and it'll um, help you too um you know when when you're working with um removing obstacles for example um utilizing different tools i know initially um you know there was author uh, many times that i i used sage a ton in removing obstacles and energies and oh yeah that's great for removing them from your space yes and in your aura and then you know and then and learning and then you know learning how to do it within one's mind um moving on through those different stages or continuing to do it with different types of incense or herbs or crystals I mean, they, they all work. Um, it's just what you put into it. Speaking of what you put into it, that also brings another point of um, not everybody is going to cast circle. Not everybody is going to call elements. Not everybody is going to work with certain deities and that kind of thing. But as long as you know and have explored, you know, all of the the different details of what you're choosing to work with um, and some of these other things you know will benefit your practice if you choose to let them in um, I personally invoke I'm sorry evoke deities um, I evoke elementals um, sometimes angels sometimes dragons sometimes fae um, sometimes my ancients you know not everybody is going to necessarily, that's not going to jive with everybody necessarily, but to know 
who all your allies are and what all is out there is a good thing because you can certainly increase your your magic greatly and your rituals if you do rituals greatly by uh, knowing what's out there and how to safely use them and let them be a part of the beauty of what you're working with yeah i i learned a ton about that from you and although i don't um bring in a lot of outside sources even ones that are you know ancestors for example um i don't do it often i um i do have a you know a spirit animal totem i do have um my spiritual guide and I often pull them into it so you know I mean it look both um look at both and 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 work with both because there are some there are some things that do require um permissions or um extra help or guidance or the extra strength in order to achieve or energetic um connections yes and you gotta be really really careful that you're not jumping into any contracts with some of these different spirits and beings too because some of them will try to trick you into um making contracts with them there's a lot of snaky ones out there I, I I actually get this. There was a while I was almost uh, I was I was being um, poked almost weekly by different <laughs> demonic spirits, and they're like, oh, but I could you know help you to achieve this this this, and every time I'm like, yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> but it's it's also not allowing yourself to be scared of it all because again it's empowerment right and just as much as it takes the confidence to to work with you know deities it takes that same level of confidence to tell demons to go burn in hell you know it it, (laughs) you can't allow fear to rule you um it's a big thing right um, Sorry, if anybody works with demons out there, I'm not trying to shame. I just <laughs> no, it's it's just not for you. It's not for right. me. <laughs> right. Um. So on top of knowing all of the different things that are available at your disposal, also knowing how to remove obstacles that are keeping you in fear or disbelief. Yes. Um. One of the biggest things about working your your magic, it's huge. It's acting in accordance. Whether you believe or not, you have to act in accordance. You can't put magic out there and not act in accordance because you would be negating it. It would be null and void. Yes. Uh, What do I mean by acting in accordance? Um, Well, let me see if I can think of an example. Hmm, Let's say I did a spell for weight loss. I don't know why that just bumped into my head, but it did. Okay. And so I did all this work and all this preparation for weight loss. I can't just expect the universe to do all of the work. 
-hmm. I still have to act in accordance to my goal. Um, I got to show the universe I'm willing to put in my part. Um, so I can't sit and over calorie myself. Okay, my favorite things like Reese's peanut butter cups. I can't sit and eat a whole bag <laughs> of Reese's peanut butter cups in one sitting and be like, yeah, universe, take that. Show me what you can do. Great. You know, um, it's got to be gotta act in accordance with what I'm asking for. Like, I'm still going to eat peanut butter cups. I'm just going to tell you that right now. But maybe like instead of like sitting and unwrapping yeah. an entire bag, I show a little bit of uh, self-control. Or you could eat the whole bag as long as you're walking on a treadmill the whole time at a good pace. I'm just going <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm just going to swim with a bag of, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the pool and I'm going to swim. I'm going to have peanut butter cups hanging out of my mouth while I'm swimming. Yes. Run a marathon. <laughs> Stuffing peanut butter cups in my face while I'm running the 5K. No, um, I've done that before. Not exactly the marathon, but I've actually just like munched on chocolate while being on the treadmill. Oh my goodness, I have a terrible chocolate disorder. I do um, too. Well, I think um, yes. we're going over our time, so we'll have to wrap up. But um, we'd like to encourage people to go to the Facebook page. Um, or our webpage for podcast extras, because of course we can't talk about everything in one podcast. So there's other like handouts and tools and such that are put out there. And our next episode, we'll be talking about the next level of the pyramid, which is to dare. And if you have any um, things that you specifically want us to talk about, um, feel free to leave comments on our Facebook page or on our web page. And, you know, or if there's things where you're like, you know, that Gia gal just, she snorts too much and it drives me crazy listening to her. Feel free to leave that too. Just, you know, be, be somewhat. Well, we don't want to incite it. Let's not incite negativity. <laughs> Well, I don't mean, you know, coming out and be like, she sucks. No, <laughs> no some constructive criticism would be nice and some ideas on topics or um, or who you'd like to see as special guests or things like that. Yeah, positive things. Shoot us positive maybe. things. Yeah, and you, maybe you've got some things that you're working on right now. And you've found things that are really working for you and you want to put it out there for others to be able to test out themselves. Feel free to leave that for the community. Right, because we could we could have on guests. Right, we have the ability to have how many people on mm -hmm. here? Seven, I believe seven. seven. So. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate our listeners. Let's bid everybody hail and farewell.